0: Just briefly, I wanted to, to maybe spend about five minutes just kind of giving you some background to how it is that I came to be at uh, Sovereign Joy and some of the things that I've seen Sovereign Joy survive over the years, you know, um, without getting into any major details or anything like that. But, you know, when in 2009 uh, Jennifer and I came here, I uh, had just finished a deployment to Kuwait uh, for a year with the uh, U.S. military and uh, our, do- our daughter Nora uh, was born during that time and we were looking for a Calvinistic church and uh, you know, having been overseas, I ran into some Calvinists over there. They introduced me to the doctrines of grace and I, I fell in love immediately with this, this great and sovereign God who had, who had sovereignly uh, intervened and, and, and saved my soul. So we came uh, to Sovereign Joy, uh, having found out that it was only maybe about a mile from our house at the time. And uh, back then they were you know you guys were meeting over at uh, heritage uh, heritage grace or heritage trace um heritage trace uh church of christ so I started coming back then and um and uh you know, quickly found that with uh, with Sovereign Joy, there was tremendous amount of joy and lots of, uh, of fellowship, home fellowship, hospitality. And, you know, just from talking to some of the members uh, today, it, it sounds like that's still thriving and there's still a uh, very vibrant uh, hospitality that's going on here. And I'm, I'm very grateful to hear that. Um, but one thing that we quickly found was that if you're going to Persevere at uh, sovereign joy, then then it's it, it's going to test your perseverance. You know, just um, some of the things that the Lord will take His church through to to really refine that gold um, in in individuals and and help them to to be the the Christians that He wants them to be. And uh, we we've seen uh, you know we've seen people be put under church discipline, and uh, we've seen uh, uh, you know people leave and and come and and. Lots of very uh, heartbreaking uh, things that the church has gone through, Um, even to the point where, whenever we, uh, by the time we finally left, you know that for us that was uh, somewhat of a heartbreaking time. It was it was us, you know, saying goodbye to a huge phase in our lives. I mean, if you think about it, uh, for young children to spend just a couple of years in a home, uh, that's that's all they've ever known, and for them, that's like a decade in a home right And for us that 's how it was with sovereign joy, leaving here that uh, this was our home. this is all we ever knew, and uh, still to this day, looking back on sovereign joy, it doesn't seem like we were only here for five and a half years. It seems like it was more like you know a decade, a decade and a half. you know it seems like we were here for a long time and uh, and and the Lord really uh, grew us and I think grew the church through a lot of things, prepared the church, even I would say for the things that you guys are going through right now. Uh, strengthening the church and, and getting you guys ready to to go through these tough, tough seasons, and so we're def- we've definitely been since we uh, you know have heard about uh, what, what's going on and everything with sovereign joy we've been praying for you guys and and hopefully you guys have continued to pray for us uh, we, we definitely need it. Um, that said, uh, I wanted to give you some background as to what's what's going on with our church down in uh, in San Angelo. San Angelo is a uh, a city uh, that is. It's actually considered to be the largest city in the United States a, away from any major highway. It's uh, it's it's way out in the middle of nowhere. There are no major interstates or anything that go through San Angelo, and it has 120,000 people within the city limits. 120,000 population in Tom Green County, the county that it's situated in. Uh, there are 200,000 uh, 200, people that live in Tom Green County. So it's, it's a fairly large, fairly sizable city, which when, when I first learned about the size of the city, I thought, man, that's potential. The Lord could do amazing things. You know, that he could have you know, his elect uh, you know, throughout that city, and, and who knows what could happen with this ministry. And I still believe that. I'm still very hopeful that the Lord could save many people through the ministry of Sovereign Grace um, there is. Uh, we have found there is a thriving uh, homeschool community, in uh, in San Angelo, and, and actually we've we've been blessed to be able to uh, to interact with quite a few. Uh, we are involved in a couple of different co ops with our kids, and we get to uh, meet several of the different the, the families and and have uh, served on the board of the uh, San Angelo Christian Homeschool Association to you know kind of get the word out about our church mainly uh, but also uh, to kind of foster a sense of community and and fellowship amongst uh, the homeschoolers there in San Angelo. Um, local sports is a huge factor I remember. Being up here, I'm I'm a big political junkie. I, when I listen to talk radio, I don't I don't care to hear about sports. But down there at five o'clock, all the politi- all the politics go off of the AM radio, and it's all sports. That's all you hear is local sports down there, at, uh, starting at five o'clock and going through the rest of the evening. And that really struck me. But sports is huge down there. It's it's you know every every stereotype about Texas and football and all that. That's what you're going to find in San Angelo. It's it's, it's uh, really a big deal. Uh, the people in San Angelo are extremely kind. It's the first place that we've ever been where you'll be going through Walmart and people will literally stop you in the middle of Walmart to tell you how cute your kids are and then engage your kids in conversation. It's absolutely amazing. It blows my mind uh, just how kind people are. But at the same time, they're very private. The people in West Texas are, are very, very private individuals, which kind of adds an added factor of, uh, of a challenge for a church, especially for us coming out of a place like Sovereign Joy, where you're used to just, you know, every Lord's Day you're in somebody's home and you're, ha- you're sharing a meal together and the kids' voices are just bouncing off the walls and, and you're, you know, you, you find yourself just going outside with the guys just to kind of get away from all the noise. Um, it's not like that there. Um, so it's, uh, that's, it's, it's difficult to kind of penetrate that and to, to get into to, uh, people's bubbles, especially as a bivocational pastor. A lot of people, they look at it and they say, well, uh, you know, Billy, he, he, he works full-time at Chick-fil-A. He's, uh, he's a full-time pastor. He doesn't have any deacons. He's a busy guy. I'm, I have this major go- problem going on in my life, but he's, he's too busy. I'm not going to bother him. And I'll, I'm always telling my, our people, I'm like, look, if you say that, realize what you're saying is, is that, you know, or at least what that communicates to me is that I don't have a purpose as your pastor. You need to be coming to me. I want to hear your problems so that I can help you work through them. So that can be a real challenge. That can be a real obstacle in West Texas, that, that kind of private uh, uh, view, you know, and, and others assuming that you want to be extremely private as well and not be bothered with their problems. There are several different communities that kind of converge in San Angelo as well, that I, where I see a lot of uh, opportunity for outreach and, and, uh, and for uh, evangelism. There's a, there's a major retirement community in San Angelo. There's also a military community. There's a Goodfellow Air Force Base is out there um, where they do a lot of, uh, a lot of military training, actually. Um, there's also a, a, a large MHMR community out there um, with people with different intellectual and physical challenges that, uh, that need to be met. And uh, so you know, as we're kind of looking down the road, uh, that's, that's always kind of at the forefront of my mind is how can we, how can we, uh, c- how can we minister to people in very specific ways to, that helps to meet their special uh, needs that they may have that, that others don't really struggle with. So that's always on the forefront of my mind uh, whenever I think about ministering to people in San Angelos. How can we, how can we open it up in such a way that people are, are looking at our church and saying, wow, you know, uh, never been to a church where, you know, they, they accommodated this particular need. So th- those are things that, that it's, it's long term, we're still a very small church, but those are, things, those are areas where I think that we really could have some inroads in our community. It's also a college town. There's Howard College and there's uh, Angelo State University, which is a a part of the Texas Tech uh, uh, kind of uh, group of schools there. There's a large oil business, which we don't don't really get a whole lot of um, uh, impact from that because a lot of the guys who work in oil are usually in the field on uh, the Lord's Day. Either that or they're back home with their families. Um, So so we really don't get a whole lot from that. All that to say, it's, it's a very transient community. There's, there's a lot of people that are coming, that are going, they're, they're coming for jobs, and then they're leaving to go and find jobs. And so that brings yet another kind of obstacle, another uh, difficulty that, that, has to be, that has to be considered as, as we think about the way that we do ministry in San Angelo. We are a, a growing community, and, and we're expecting a lot of growth in the next decade as uh, there's there's a lot of talk about an interstate coming through. Uh, you always hear about, especially in small towns like San Angelo, you hear a lot about, well, there's these five families that are going to stop the interstate from coming through town because they want to keep that small town feel but uh, those, from the the latest that I've gotten uh, from my boss, the the owner of Chick Fil A, he said, well, they're not going to stop all the families up in Midland and uh, and everywhere else that that really want this interstate. So it's it's going to happen. It's going to happen in the next ten years. So so look to see a major explosion in San Angelo as far as population, and and Lord willing, the Lord brings in some good you know Reformed Baptists, and and uh, and we can see some growth in the church through that as well. Um, it's, it's a desert area. It's very dry. Uh, you know, Dennis could probably speak to this better than I can. There's there's very very little water, and the lakes that are there are stagnant. It's actually considered some of the worst water in the country. Nobody drinks the water. It's uh it's you know if if it's not uh you know purified through reverse osmosis then then you're most likely going to be drinking bottled water or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, very dry out there. There are several different um, religious communities that also converge in San Angelo and really in, impact the culture out there. There's a there's a, obviously you would as you would expect. There's a large Roman Catholic community in San Angelo. There's uh, quite a few Roman Catholics there. There's also uh, the Charismatics and the NAR is huge in San Angelo. The uh, kind of this the the idea that you know, as long as I want wish for it or I, I desire it strong enough, then the Lord's going to make it happen. Right? Is uh, is kind of a lot of the thought there. And I, what we've found, uh, both in the homeschool community as well as uh, just speaking to people uh, at, at my work, at my different workplaces, and everything. What we found is is even within some of the more conservative churches in San Angelo, some of the churches where you wouldn't expect this type of influence, due to the the effect of books and television teachers, things like that. Even even a lot of the non charismatic churches, you find that there are a lot that, that this influence is seeping in, and it's having an effect even with a lot of the conservative churches. Um, we uh We talk about it from the pulpit whenever the opportunity comes up so that people know where we stand on it but um, but uh, it's it's very rare to find that in San angelo The Presbyterian churches, and there are two of them in san angelo and uh, and several of the other churches that you'll find are also very liberal in their positions so when Presbyterians come to town uh, w- whether it's through uh you know goodfellow Air Force Base or uh, or to work on wind farms or what have you, um, they almost always wind up at Sovereign, uh, Sovereign Grace. Sorry, I, I have a tendency to, especially being here. Anyways, uh, so yeah, they they almost always wind up at Sovereign Grace because uh, because we're the only confessional church within 90 miles uh, of San Angelo. Uh, the, you can go 90 miles toward uh, to Abilene and you'll find uh, a couple of Presbyterian churches there. You go 90 miles north to Big Spring, and you find a, a, a Reformed Baptist church there. You go about 100 miles over to Kerrville or, or, um, or Fredericksburg, and you might find some Reformed or Reformed Baptist churches there. You go southwest of us, though? You go south, straight south, or you go straight west? Nothing. Nothing. So I always tell people, we're, we're basically a pioneer church. We are basically a pioneer church. We're we're an outpost for the Reformed faith out in in West Texas. And that's how we see ourselves. I'm always reminding our people that when you think about missions, when you think about the Great Commission, the Great Commission was given uh, at a very specific time to a very specific people. Jesus told his disciples, he said, go uh, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And in Acts chapter 1, he further t- tells them that they are to take that gospel message uh, to where? They're to take it to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the end- ends of the earth. And so the question arises um, whenever we think about missions, what, when Jesus said Jerusalem, what was he talking about? He was talking about Jerusalem. When Jesus was, said Judea, what was he talking about? He was talking about Judea. Like actual geographical Judea. When he said Samaria, what was he talking about? He was talking about Samaria. When he, if, he were, if we were to fit San Angelo, if we were to fit... Fort Worth or, or Haltom City, if we were to fit these these other geographical areas into one of the categories uh, there in the Great Commission, what category would that fall into? It would fall into the ends of the earth. So I tell people, you don't have to go abroad to be involved in missions, especially in San Angelo where there's no Reformed witness outside of where we're at. If you are a reformed Christian living in St Angelo, a member of Sovereign Grace Baptist Church, I tell people you are involved in missions. This is a mission and and we need to be taking this very seriously um so uh so that's you know, that, that's just something that I really want to impress upon my people, and I really want to encourage you guys to think about yourselves. You know, I mean, as far as the, the confessional reform faith, one of the main reasons why, why we, you know, stuck it out with Sovereign Joy for so long is because in this area, where, where are you going to find this witness, this very unique witness that has this emphasis on, on worship, you know, worshiping God only, uh, how he has said in his word that he should be worshiped? You know, I mean, set the doctrines of grace aside. There are so many other aspects to the Reformed faith that you're just not going to find at other churches in the area. And so it's important that, I, that even Sovereign Joy, I would, I would encourage you to really think about yourselves as being a mission in this area, you know, as having your own mission field here. And, and everyone that you work with, everyone that you, as you go out into the marketplace, as you're, as you're uh, talking to your neighbors, as, as you as you have family in the area and you're talking to your family members, recognize that you know that that, that you're in a mission field. You know you're n- you're probably not going to share the gospel the exact same way as the guy down the pew from you. Um, I, I don't hold to that 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 view of evangelism that it's going to look the same for everybody. But you do have evangelistic opportunities. You do have the opportunity to point people. At least even if even if you're not an expert at sharing the gospel yourself, you have the ability to point people to to a church where they can come and sit and hear the gospel preached every week, week in and week out. And and a church that's committed to worshiping God according to his word and what and, and how he has said that he will be worshipped in his word. So I would encourage you guys to think about it in that way. Another couple of things that are not unique to St. Angelo that y'all have probably seen in your own context. Um, there's a lot of pragmatism in San Angelo. There's there's uh, just kind of, well, you know, uh, what programs do you have in your church? Oh, you don't offer the programs that I like. Uh, yeah, I may, I may be Calvinistic, but, you know, uh, my, my kids need to be part of a youth group. We're going to go over here. So that's another, another hurdle that we have as a church is, you know, we're a very small church. We don't have... Uh, those types of uh, opportunities such as uh, children's ministry and and things like that We're, we're just trying to get all that stuff off the ground and then finally cultural Christianity cultural Christianity which is everywhere you know or you could call it the cult of Christianity this whole idea that well I was raised in the church and it's it's culturally socially acceptable it's the norm to to say that i'm a christian it's how i get acceptance in my social circles and so i'm a christian but you know as we all know that the, the you can call yourself uh, a christian five ways to sunday that doesn't make you a christian so that's uh, that's another major hurdle that we have in saint angelo a little bit about Sovereign Grace uh, Baptist Church. You'll see up here that uh, it's Sovereign Grace Particular Baptist Church. We actually just recently revised our bylaws, and our original name was Sovereign Grace Particular Baptist Church. And on the website and uh, different venues, we actually changed the name uh, to Sovereign Grace Baptist Church. And, um, but the question came up as we were looking at the name Uh, You know, if you guys are following uh, church issues, uh, national issues regarding the church, things like that, you're probably aware of uh, different churches that that utilize the name Sovereign Grace that that have kind of come under scandal in recent years. And um, so there's that. Concern on the one side and then on the other side, I actually get a lot of calls. What Bible version do you use? You know, are you dispensational or covenantal? And that's usually coming from Calvinistic churches. But besides that, they don't really have a whole lot of agreement with this. They would be independent fundamental Baptist churches who call themselves Sovereign Grace Baptists. So there's basically two different major groups that call themselves Sovereign Grace and uh, neither of which do we really want to be mistaken for by the wrong people. So somebody might look at it and say, Oh, Sovereign Grace, I've met some Sovereign Grace Baptists. Uh, they're they're going to they're gonna be legalistic. I don't think I want to go to that church. Or they might look at it and say, Oh, I think I heard something bad about a sex scandal at a Sovereign Grace Ministries church. I don't know if I want to go to that church. So the question came up when we were revising our bylaws, what, what how do we want to address this name issue? And uh, the... One of the members raised his hand and said, Well, how about we just go back to the old name, Sovereign Grace Particular Baptist Church? And so that's how we've returned to this name. Now, uh, this, this next uh, thing that I'm going to tell you might actually sound a, a bit uh, shocking, but we actually only, at this point, we only have about nine members at our church. We only have about nine members. Uh, and a, a lot of that has to do with uh, major changes that we had that, that uh, went on very early on whenever we first came. Um, changes like implementing, uh, you know, teaching on church discipline. We never had to implement church discipline. We merely taught on it and people were gone. Uh, teaching on uh, church membership and, and things of that nature. Uh, so, so very quickly after getting there, our church dwindled down in numbers to, uh, to very small numbers but we do have, on average, about 20 attendees, adults and children, on the Lord's Day, um, and very regular attendees at this point. Um, we've had uh, a lot of irregularity in the past, but um, but now I think uh, we've we've got a fairly regular group. They're not just regular on the Lord's Day, but um, but they try to make it out as much as they can on Wednesdays as well. So uh, so we're very grateful for that. We've actually had two. Uh, individuals join us this year we had one last year and we have a couple of uh, families that are considering joining us this year as well so um so so the lord has been very gracious to us in the past uh, i would say probably year and a half as far as that's concerned we do only have one elder that's myself and i'm a i'm a bivocational elder and then uh, we and we have no deacons so uh, so it is uh, that 's yet another uh, challenge, and I always encourage my people I say you know the the first goal is we want to be a full time ministry we get to be a full time ministry, and then we can maybe bring on an intern and uh, after a year of examining that man and being very cautious and raising him up, then maybe uh, we can have uh, a Two elders, you know, one full-time, one bivocational. Uh, all of the, the TARBC pastors and Reformed Baptist pastors that I've talked to about this issue uh, have kind of advised me toward that process. And so that's what I've presented to the church as uh, our desire moving forward is, uh, is to move to that. We are uh, full subscription, 1689. We have been uh, since before I came, uh, uh, holding to the 1689 Confession. And uh, we we hold to that, uh, and we also hold to uh, associationalism. Uh, I was explaining to uh, to Joe earlier that we hold to this for uh, one major reason, and that's doctrinal accountability. Doctrinal accountability. When you think about doctrinal accountability, you think about Ephesians four, uh, where where you know uh, Paul talks about that God has given to the church the gifts of, of uh, apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, right? Uh, for, for the sake of what? For the sake of unity and doctrine, right? So we want to have that doctrinal accountability. So how do we accomplish that? And we accomplish that through two ways. We accomplish that through holding to a historic confession of faith that has been held to by uh, pastors and, and churches for centuries That is that is rooted in the historic Christian faith. And then we also accomplish that by having uh, not just historic doctrinal accountability, but also contemporary uh, doctrinal accountability, which is why we're seeking association with TARBC right now, which is the major reason why we've recently uh, adopted new bylaws. So we adopted these new bylaws, and uh, um, it, it was mentioned to me uh, that, um, that, that there may be some consideration of, of uh, new bylaws for you guys as well. Um, I, I would encourage you guys to consider um, one of the things that really came up for us I'll, I'll tell you this when we redid our bylaws we, um, we consulted Sovereign Joy's bylaws actually um, and uh, specifically in regard to marriage and the, the issues of, of how you guys have a, a addressed the issue of marriage and some of those things uh, church discipline I think y'all have some really great articles in there on church discipline and how that needs to be handled um, and then we also consulted uh, our, our previous bylaws, as well as the bylaws of Emanuel Reformed Baptist Church in Georgetown, Texas. So those were the, the major ones that we consulted, and I would highly recommend looking at Emanuel's um, bylaws. Uh, specifically, the very first article on uh, full subscription, uh, when it talks about, you know, uh, you, you have that article, you know, what is our faith statement? To which you know most Reformed Baptist churches would say you know the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith and just kind of leave it at that. There's just like two or three paragraphs long talking about full subscription for elders and deacons. And I think it's a really helpful uh, thing to have in your bylaws. So anyway, so that's uh, that's what we did, and then also a major consideration for us was uh, this uh, the hashtag Me Too movement that's going on right now with. Um, you know, a lot of what's going on with that is a lot of churches, what's being found out is that they have not had good policies and practices put in place. And so they have uh, so uh, in, in regard to how to deal with uh, situations regarding the uh, the vulnerable and, and the abuse and abuse, neglect and exploitation of the vulnerable within their within their body and uh, because they didn't have good practices and policies in place they don't really have any safeguards whenever lawsuits and accusations are made so uh, so one thing that I really wanted to take care of before anything like that ever happened within our church is I wanted to make sure that we have policies and practices in place for how to handle uh, criminal accusations within the church uh, how to handle issues uh, accusations of exploitation or abuse or things like that regarding the vulnerable within the church. And so so we, we made sure and included things like that within our bylaws. An average week at Sovereign Grace Baptist Church, uh, we have uh, our prayer service at 9.30 in the morning, uh, and where we have a, a devotional and we have um, a time of prayer for the people. We have our worship service, and we've been going through uh, the book of Proverbs. We're in Proverbs 6 now. It's been a very good uh, service. Since I've been there, we've gone through uh, Colossians, First Peter. We've gone through Jonah, the book of Obadiah. And uh, and um, what else? Um, we've done a series on evangelism. There's there, There's been some really good uh, opportunities for teaching there. And one thing that I always get that, that is always uh, very... Um, um, it really brings my heart a lot of gladness to hear is that our people are very attentive. Whenever we come, uh, whenever we have a guest a preacher come to preach, the people uh, make eye contact whenever they're asked to turn the page in the Word. Uh, they, they're ready, and they're, they, and you can hear them turning the page, and it's just... It's always a delight to, to, to get that reminder from visiting preachers because sometimes I forget that, you know, that the people are that studious and they're, they're, that, uh, they're active listeners. Um, directly following the worship service, we have a fellowship meal at 12 o'clock and then a ladies' fellowship uh, where, where the, the ladies are going through Knowing God by J.I. Packer. And we've just relaunched our, our children's catechism class. Um, on Wednesday nights, we've been going through uh, the uh, the 1693 Baptist Catechism, and on Saturdays, the men get together and we do a book study at eight o'clock in the morning. So, so that's kind of that's that's sovereign grace uh, Baptist or particular Baptist church. So, you may be asking, okay, so how can we how can we be praying for you? Well, for my family, I would encourage you to pray for me uh, as the sole elder. as as far as uh, us having uh, no deacons and me working full time at Chick-fil-A, just that I would, you know, be a good manager of my time. Uh, Jennifer's amazing, amazing at at holding me accountable as far as, I mean, she sees just uh, the slightest amount of, you know, not the slightest, she's not, she's not, you know, she doesn't hammer me, but uh, she does hold my feet to the fire as far as, things that are going on in my life and things. And and I have a great wealth of of other uh, Reformed Baptist pastors that I can call at a moment's notice. But um, I would just pray that you would, would, uh, or I would just ask that you would pray for us. Um, Pray for Jennifer also. Uh, She's been, uh, as she works in the home, she's been, uh, again, going back to the private thing, you know, with uh, people being very private in West Texas. It can be difficult to find uh, camaraderie, even, even within the homeschool community. And uh, so the way that we've kind of handled that is Jennifer really focuses a lot on her on homeschooling and on uh, working in the home, but uh, we still do very much desire that we would have those friendships within the community and especially within the church. So I would encourage you guys to, to be in prayer for us as far as that's concerned. Pray for Nora. Um, the you know she she regularly has friends that move away because of their parents' jobs and things and that that's very difficult for her especially as a homeschool child that doesn't have a, a whole lot of uh, opportunity as far as meeting friends and she um, so so we definitely would encourage you to pray for her um and then uh, Liam and Livy are, are uh, very. Uh, they, they're very, uh, at this point anyways, they're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Low maintenance. so uh, but, but I know that Liam desires that he would have more friends, but I think that's more due to his shyness. But yeah, definitely be in prayer for our family. As far as uh, our church family is concerned, just like any other church family, we have issues with domestic issues within the church specifically uh, grown adult and teenage children that are experimenting with drugs and and things like that so we would encourage you to be in prayer for that Um, pray that we would uh, be uh, uh, just just grow in regard to hospitality in regard to uh, uh, seeking to find new ways to be welcoming to people as they come through our doors Um, we have uh, people within our church that are struggling with issues regarding divorce and uh, everything that, that comes in the wake of that. Um, issues regarding uh, unsubmissive attitudes within the church, uh, uh, work schedules and uh, kind of conflicting with the, uh, the Lord's Day and, and people's ability to be able to attend on the Lord's Day and, uh, and different illnesses and things that, that go on as well. All that to say, we are just extremely hopeful. I know this can kind of come off as, wow, they're a really small church, and they got all these hurdles, and they got all these difficulties. But at the end of the day, uh, I mean, just like you guys, I'm sure, we, we recognize that God is sovereign, and He can do anything that He wants. And and uh, again, having been, I, I like to say anyways, having been reared up at Sovereign Joy, and, and having uh, kind of been there and... and, and, uh, and uh, helped uh or you know helped the leadership to kind of work through some of the things that they've had to work through and and uh and and gone through a lot of the things that that um a lot of the different issues that we've had to go through as a church here at sovereign joy i um I would like to think that god uh used that as an opportunity to really prepare us for where we're at today. Where we're at is very different from Sovereign Joy, like I said. The 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 struggles are way different. But uh they're not I wouldn't say they're any more difficult. We're just um they're just new to us. And so I think uh there are some areas where we weren't prepared, but I think the Lord uh has really grown us through that and uh and we would just encourage you guys, just as we pray, uh, that the Lord would continue a work out there and uh, and, get, and and give our uh, efforts, success. We pray that you guys would. Uh, we ask that you guys would pray for us in that regard as well. So um, that's that's uh, that's all I have as far as a ministry update for Sovereign Grace. And uh, but if you have any questions or anything, I would encourage you to come come see me after after the service and love to love to talk to you. Thank you very much.